When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Welcome back. It is another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast uh, with your Scoop crew here on a Wednesday or Thursday. We're on Thursday this week because we had media yesterday. It's a bye week. And uh, usually, you know, we started putting the podcast out on Thursday um, early in the season. We realized that should be Wednesday, but uh, we've kind of stuck to that until today because it's just easier um, because we had Zoom calls yesterday and Usually we're kind of constrained by by time, and Bob always has to leave a little early to get on the Zooms. and So we thought, yeah, wait till Thursday, it'd be perfect. Uh, <laughs> and then Josh's internet sucks today, so he could not connect without annoying the hell out of all of you. Uh, so he's on he's on the uh, on hold right now with customer service with Xfinity. Apparently, he could join us. We don't know. He might be here. He might not. Um, Bob may be here till the end. He probably won't be because he has to go too. So anyway, guys, uh, let's start out with the breaking news of the day. Uh, we we all kind of got word this morning uh, that something might be up with Alex Grinch in Texas Tech. And sure enough, uh, talking to some sources, uh, he will uh, interview... Um, he will interview uh, with Texas Tech on Friday. It's an off week. It's a bye week. Coaches are out recruiting. But as we all know, uh, Lincoln Riley is a big-time recruiter. Like, he, he goes out and does everything. Usually, coordinators don't have as much of a recruiting duty uh, as, you know, their their position coaches, the, the rest of their staff. So, it's, you know, I I hate to say this because I read a lot of the responses and a lot of the people that respond on Twitter, I can tell they're not scoopers. Although, if you go on Scoop, there's a lot of the same sentiment. Um, I don't care to debate with you about whether or not Alex Grinch is a great defensive coordinator or should be considered so right now. Uh, just just say what you will. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, he's not. He, 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 you can't say he's having a great year this year, for sure. But to say that he hasn't changed the defense in a positive direction would be wrong and ignorant and stupid. So stop saying that. I think, Eddie, you told someone this morning, just stop talking now. Yeah, next time that guy tweets, he should probably just think about not doing it. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the, my initial read on the situation, though, is uh, good for him, but I don't see that being a realistic option. Like I, I It guess, sounds like I they're know. interviewing almost anyone that, that has interest in being a head coach. Sure, and, and rightfully so, right. good for them. Like, what, isn't that the way you're supposed to go about it and try to find, you know, uncover every rock, if you will? What help? Well, I'm not sure it checks the box of the Texas connection that they kept pumping up the last couple of weeks, though. Well, but he's got the Leach connection. He was with him at Washington State. He's with Lincoln now. I mean, uh, certainly, I mean, if, if you're looking for a defensive coordinator to come in, you you would prefer someone if you're – you know, in the talk of the double eagle guys, you know, Eddie, you first kind of, uh, you sent me an article the other day about them selling their oil company and for like $6 billion, and I read it, uh, yeah. you know, wire to wire. What a life. What a life. Uh, and they, you know, they are apparently involved, at least the Cody guy is is on the search firm uh, for this next coach. So they are going to have their say, uh, and they have... I believe I, that article said they both got a billion dollars from the sale of that, just for their own. Like, you know, you have stockholders and investors and all that stuff, but they still got a billion dollars. I mean, like, you can do a lot with a billion dollars. You, you can push your weight around. You can make choices if you want to. Boone Pickens told us that much. 
yeah, Cody Campbell and John Sellers. And if you don't know their backstory, I, from I what I've been able to read, they are uh, former Texas Tech football players, uh, started a energy oil business out of college and then sold it, I believe, in 2018 for just over $6 billion. So they are uh, basically I, Boone Pickens, but half his age. Yeah, and um, I believe Cody played for Bill Biedenboe. He was his coach at That's Texas crazy. Tech. Yeah. That is so wild. I wonder if uh, wonder if Bill got some investment options, uh, stock options <laughs> over at uh, Double Eagle. <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to ask him. I, you know, it, the the Grinch thing doesn't make a lot of sense. Like as you kind of alluded to, Bob, I I think that you know Joey McGuire would be certainly an interesting option, a name that I think a lot of Oklahoma fans are, uh, you know, rather familiar with. And a know, less cre- that- a less creepy Art Briles maybe a good way to describe him. Uh, Come, came from the high like school the ranks. Opposite, I guess. Well, came yeah, from the high school like, ranks, made his way up through the college sure, ranks, and right. I'm not saying offensive like genius. Trailer. I'm just yeah. saying backgrounds are similar, but less of a douchebag. Right. right, 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 for sure. And then you know, I, I think the, the the other option that you kind of threw out there on the board was just the like, and I think I'm all in on this idea. Of, you are. Uh, you absolutely Mike are. Leach returning to Lubbock. How cool would that be? <laughs> I don't know if that was a fake uh, quote or not, uh, where someone said, uh, if they pay me my money, I'm sure I'm interested in talking again. Because he still feels like he's owed a lot of money by Texas Tech. That's right. I I forgot about that. The whole thing would be so special. And like it, it, it is kind of interesting, though, and I guess it's particularly because like two of the bigger openings in the college football world right now sit around the Big 12 uh, you know, like the trickle down effect of what would happen if Sonny Dykes takes the TCU job. Uh, you know, what does that mean for a Garrett Riley or what does that mean for like a Justin Fuente if he was looking to get out for Virginia Tech? It's just all kind of interesting right now, uh, looking at it from afar. I wouldn't, and it's nuts that we're doing it in November, but that's the, yeah, that's the that's, way it has to work because of the early signing period. it's wild. And, you know, Lincoln talked about it a little bit this week. He almost was kind of impassioned about, uh, the, you know, his stance on the the way that Gary Patterson was let go. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of both. Like TCU knew that they needed to move on, but I don't think that Gary Patterson was necessarily the type of guy that could admit fault or admit that that thing had gone South. And I think it's pretty obvious over the last five years, TCU has not been TCU. Or what we know is TCU. And can we stop with the, if Grinch leaves, Lincoln can hire Gary Patterson to be his DC? That is not happening. All right. There's been a lot of uh, people that feel like uh, Lincoln should just make a call down to Gary Patterson, and Gary Patterson would be on the uh, like analyst. the first the Rest first plane it. ride up to Norman to be the analyst by uh, you know like by this weekend he'd be delving over. Uh, Baylor game tape. Oh well, no! He just I mean, went over Baylor. TCU's playing Baylor. He would sign on as a student assistant, obviously. Maybe go to grad. Maybe sign up for some grad school while he's here. Be a that, GA. Uh, that report that was out on, I believe SI reported it about Gary Patterson not being too big of a fan of uh, Gary Patterson Day on the day of the Kansas game and having a parade and stuff and like sending him off in kind of a uh, respectful manner. I thought was pretty funny. Interesting. Was that a Dellinger can, report? I can totally see that. No, it was uh, Richard Johnson, I believe, uh, that that did that reporting. But like, I can totally see like like Gary Patterson was going to put his foot down, and he wasn't going to admit that they needed to make changes. And I think TCU, on the other hand, was like, "Yeah, I think that we do. You can finish out the season, but you need to make some changes." And he's just like, "No, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quit." Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that. I think it's a little bit of both, though. Like, I kind of see where TCU is coming from, but do they? At the end of the day, did they do them wrong? Yeah, obviously. Uh, it just, I don't know. That it is funny. Some of the comments that he made were just kind of strange, real it, bizarre. It's, it's funny though because it's like you look at Gary Patterson and he's been criticized for like not letting his players talk to the media, and Zach Evans can't talk to the media. Uh, or he's had like one opportunity to talk to the media, mm-hmm. uh, and people are like, oh, he's all that. that. But then Lincoln does the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, he will not. He was asked this week, like, are you ever going to let Caleb Williams talk? And he pretty much doubled down on his stance that he is not going to allow true freshmen to speak to the media. Yeah, he said unless something drastically changes, like to where it makes sense in his mind, he has no reason to change it. So I mean, just sort of. 
accepted that any story you write about Caleb has no quotes from the man himself. And that's fine. I mean, uh, Jason okay. Kersey wrote an article today about him in The Athletic, did a great job. I mean, talking to you know people in his life and his past. And uh, I know, I think, was it Kersey or was it? I can't remember. Someone wrote a story, you know, talking to a bunch of his old teammates and things like that. Um, so that's kind of just how you have to approach it uh, is you can't talk to Caleb about a story about Caleb. So you just deal with what you're dealt with. So it's better than calling people names and getting people pissed off. I'll say that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, but like you said, Eddie, I don't think there are alarm bells that need to be sounded. There doesn't need to be any kind of alert showing up on phones like Alex Grinch is interviewing. I think it is tech is uh, knee deep in this process. I was also told uh, uh, former uh, former NFL coach Anthony Lynn is uh, interested in the job as well. He was uh, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers head coach uh, in uh, 2017, starting in 2017. Um but, you know, I, I think he might be interviewing today. Um, but he's, I we guess he's... McGuire today, for he's, sure. He's the offensive coordinator at Detroit, though. I don't know that he could... I don't know if an NFL coach could interview for a college job. I don't know. So, I'm, I'm sure he knows things aren't going well in Detroit, so... Um, uh, no, they are not. <laughs> Dan Campbell might get fired after one year. I mean, the, the the trade is not looking well. The quarterback trade is not looking well. Well, I mean, anybody that trades for Jared Goff kind of gets what they deserve, right? I mean, people boo him more than they booed Spencer Rattler right now. They hate him. That, that, the Rams have made just unbelievable trades just as far as getting Stafford in there, which was a no-brainer. And then, uh, you know, obviously this week with uh, the... Von Miller. Von Miller trade. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Alex Grinch, it's out there. It's you know, it's going to interview. Moving on, kind of. Uh, it is a bye week. Ready for Baylor next week. Uh, the players, I can tell you from doing the Isaiah Thomas show last night, which will be up uh, later tonight as well. Um, they had a morning practice and then they're done. Uh, so they're off for the weekend. The coaches are out on the road recruiting. Uh, Lincoln Riley is not having his beat writer stuff today because he's out on the road. Uh, so it's basically today through Sunday, everything is just shut down. Uh, and guys, we had a college football playoff uh, rankings <laughs> uh, release. And I think we were all, you know, just kind of surprised to see that number next to OU's name. But at the same time, you know, and I'll let you listen to Isaiah's thoughts when the show comes out because he was pretty candid and, and he didn't, sugar-coated. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, no one talks. He's like, oh, no, the coaches were mentioning it to us. Uh, so it's like it's not like they exist in a vacuum where none of it gets talked about. I mean, it gets talked about, but it's obviously, uh, I don't know, you can look at it two ways. One, the committee just wanted to highlight the fact that they are only paying attention to quality wins right now. Uh, and by the same factor... Uh, they're highlighting the fact that OU really doesn't have any quality wins to this point. They don't. I mean, at at Kansas State is probably their technically their best win in the season. Yeah, they mentioned Kansas State and Texas Tech. The the uh, Greg Barta uh, mentioned them yeah. both by name uh, in the in the uh, teleconference afterward. And so, uh, and and the other thing that's hurt too is. Anything that happened in September, none none of those look better in retrospect. Tulane didn't get better. Nebraska didn't turn it around. All those close wins, they look bad at the moment, and they start looking worse and worse with every passing week. Except for the fact that Spencer Rattler was their quarterback during those games. And I mean, the, th the thing that's weird about Tulane is that was liter literally a blowout. I mean, it was it was a blowout at halftime. 37-14 at halftime, yes. It was a blowout, and then it wasn't. And that was on the defense, not on Spencer Rattler, although the offense was bad in the second quarter, or the second half. Um, but, I mean, I think Barta did kind of, you know, they, they, they leave the door open. I mean, Cincinnati's the one school that you feel like, oh, yeah, they're just screwed. Like, no matter what, they're screwed because their best game left is with SMU, who just lost to Houston. 
but Oklahoma, and I think the players recognize this. Um, you know, the guys that we've talked to, like they know it's championship November. It's Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Big 12 championship. Like if you run through that gauntlet, you're not getting left out. You're just not. It's not even a thought. And that's Correct. why complete honesty moment. I didn't watch a second of the show and I probably won't watch a second of the show. I don't care. I recorded it, but I haven't watched it all. <laughs> like I, I just, I have no use for the college football playoff. Like maybe, and I kind of feel like conflicted, like as a college football fan, I feel like I should be watching it and I appreciate the discussions about it. And like, Anybody that see my Twitter knows that I, I commented on it, but I just don't care for the television show. And I certainly don't give a fuck what Joey Galloway or Greg McElroy have to say. Well, that about goes it. without saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like I like people get so bent out of shape. Like that's more entertaining to me than the actual show and the actual rankings is the people that are getting bent out of shape about it. I think the the jab by Barda that might have stung the most was basically saying it wasn't OU versus Michigan State, Oregon, the Buckeyes. It was OU versus Wake Forest in terms of eight and nine. Yeah, yeah. That's literally where they see the Sooners at this point in the season. And I, but I think that's a lie, though, Bob. Like, if the college football playoff was starting tomorrow and they had to decide who the four teams that were going to play, I don't think for a second that OU wouldn't be in it. Maybe I just maybe I'm just choosing to believe what I. You know, maybe I'm just am reading too much into it, but I don't think that like if the college football playoff started tomorrow, I refuse to believe that OU wouldn't be a part of it at nine and zero. I will say, it would not be a good thing for OU if Oklahoma State goes up to West Virginia and loses this weekend. Correct. Just like it, it wasn't a good thing not, for Iowa OU's State not to be lose. kept out if they go undefeated. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, currently OSU. I mean, they have to beat Baylor, so they're going to knock them down. If they beat Iowa State, they're mm -hmm. going to knock them down even further. Their best chance for a mega matchup that's going to impress everyone is Bedlam in Stillwater. I don't think that's going to happen. You think OSU's going to lose before they play OU? You don't think they'll be 10-1? and one? Uh, I mean, they'd have to lose this weekend. I don't think they're going to get beat by TCU or Tech. So. No. no. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that number kind of looks funny this week. It's it's like, why is Oklahoma State a two-and-a-half-point favorite only? Three-and-a-half. keeps bouncing back and forth. Because they I, just beat I Iowa State, who just beat Oklahoma right, State. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't think West Virginia is particularly good, but I could see Spencer Sanders going up there and turning the ball over a couple times. Yeah, you, just, you have to beat West Virginia you have, a chance. You have to do, your, do some things to get yourself beat against West Virginia. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, it just... Like the the whole thing, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State gets beat by Purdue this weekend. It, this is true. Yep. It, I'm I'm kind of excited to just be able to sit around and watch college football on Saturday, <laughs> but I just refuse to believe that an undefeated Oklahoma would be kept out regardless of who they have to play and who they have to beat for a second time in the Big Twelve Championship. But I do I do it, think I they, they want that OU's not going to go undefeated. So I think you know, you want Baylor be eight and one. Cyclones to be seven and three and OSU to be 10 and one. I think you almost have to start cheering for that just a little bit, just so you have some quality ranked wins. Cause the, the way they're ranking the big 10 sec teams, they're getting those ranked wins just based on how they have them. So you need to have your guys right now, 11 and 12 OSU Baylor to be around those teams the entire way. And that's the funny part too, isn't it? Because like, I don't think that, like, out in, I guess it kind of, it, it's weird to say out loud, but I don't think any of the Big Ten teams are any good. I don't think Michigan is. I totally agree with that. Well, I mean, everybody wanted to make Iowa out to be this special generational team, and they ended up just sucking. The last two weeks have been horrible for Iowa. They got Min killed like, by Minnesota Purdue. Minnesota being 20 is the head... Like, if you really want to dig, it was Mississippi State, Minnesota. Those were the two for me. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota lost to, like, Bowling Green. Bowling Green this year. 
I don't remember. If SMU can't get ranked? I don't know if it's just that conferences have gotten more savvy about how they schedule, but and maybe it's this way every year, but we're nine weeks into the season, and I'm not sure I know a whole lot about any team in college football except for Georgia. I mean, I think I think there's a really good chance that this is as down as Alabama has been in years. Mm-hmm. And we just ha- we just don't know it yet. I mean, Auburn, I think, is the is that the best team they have left on their schedule? Uh, yeah, and Auburn's actually, I mean, they have kind of a big game this weekend in College Station. No, you know, probably Bo Nix is actually weekend. playing pretty good football right now. Yeah. They're, they're using his athletic ability instead of making it all about his arm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Alabama's got beat by Florida and Florida. Florida's not good. Since that game has been absolutely horrendous. Do you see the That's thing? That's always did, tough for me because did Alabama ruin Florida season? Did OU ruin the Texas season? Like did, did those guys just stop caring after they lost that one game they were, you know, pumped up about for the entire off? I think Texas uh, cared when they season. played Oklahoma State. I think they cared when they played Baylor. Now, if you want to say, do they care now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they care the rest of the way. Well, I know what I care about when it comes to the Texas program. Ooh. I don't have any stripper music on call for you. They need to yeah, find we, they need to find the kid that trespassed the backyard, prosecute him or her. Just get him kicked out of Texas. Use that donor power. Yeah, I mean, that's trespassing. Gia didn't deserve that. I mean, can you imagine they did the pole assassin? Can you imagine all the all the all the talk that's out? I mean, Steve Sarkeesian takes that job. He takes a job where everyone tells him it's it's a little bit of a poison pill. Like you got donors everywhere. You can't really run your own program the way you want to run it. You got everybody's, you know, getting their two cents in. And he's like, I can handle that. I can deal with it. I can deal with all the politics of it. I'm going to take this job. It's a really good job. And you're destroying yourself from within. <laughs> like, from within is where the evil came. It's amazing. From the guy you brought Your along. special teams coordinators, whoever she is. Particularly from this side of the fence, too. It's, it's just almost chef's kiss that... We know that it was reported that Mike Stoops was the controversial one and yes. they couldn't hire him. Yes. And then that's the guy that they went and got. Like, come on. It's just perfect. I mean, do they do any background checks at all in college football on coaching staffs? As I mean, soon as knew. as soon as monkey stripper comes up, you're like, yeah, we can't hire him. <laughs> <laughs> And then just the, I mean, Bob and I were at the basketball game, but yeah, no, catching up, it all. <laughs> catching up on everything that happened on that Monday night. It's just like, it is truly one of those stories that I was talking to some buddies about this. It's like, you know, we think that everybody's crazy, uh, that went in Dallas and we're waiting for JFK jr. Oh, but yeah. we take this story on its face and it's like, yeah, this is college football. Like <laughs> anything can happen. Like, yeah, hell yeah. This happened. But it was, it was like, it was the first thing you put in the war room when the, the rando guy who's like a photographer or something, I don't know if he shoots games or not, uh, but he puts out there, you know, hearing that, you know, a child was attacked by a monkey and the jaws of life had to be called to remove it or whatever it was. And you were like, I so hope this is true. And it was, I mean, it was it's true. One of those things though, that it's like, you, I think we all knew about pole assassin. We knew about the name. Uh, we knew about the monkey, and it's like, I mean, it's so crazy. Who makes something like that up? I mean, that's a, I mean, had, that's like she had the sign up there, and then she, she incriminates herself by she was the one who who verified all the reports. And I think PFT commenter uh, was the one that got her to like start posting videos. I mean, they were just, he was just stringing her along the entire way. (laughs) It was, it was beautiful. (laughs) And like, just knowing, like, I I would pay top dollar to see the look on Chris Del Conte's face as he's being like summarized everything that has happened. 
and just like, or just imagine what? Steve Sarkeesian calling his coach oh and God. saying, "What the hell is going on?" I mean, you would did a or really buy the kid? Did he call Steve Sarkeesian and say, "What? Hey, something happened. Everybody's okay, but here's what here's the deal." I would like to imagine like uh, Jeff Banks answers the phone as he's in a strip club and he has to go outside, <laughs> like, and you can hear the music like faintly in the background, like the the bass in the background as he's like trying to explain away what has happened. It was her. Jeff it Banks, was her. Six, Jeff Banks seems like an absolute scumbag. Is she still actively stripping? I don't think so. I think she's retired. But she had to keep the monkey. Yeah. Emotional so. support. Of course. It's an emotional support animal. I guess you, I mean, I guess you could donate those to the, or maybe you can if they've been domesticated. You can't put them in the zoo. I think there should be like some kind of rule or law uh, based off emotional support animals. Like, I can, I can, like, that dog is awesome. But once we start getting into like the weird, like other sides of no, the airport uh, stopped doing it. They, they, I mean, they basically told you you cannot have you can't bring in like exotic a animals. Ostrich. Yeah, because people yeah, were having that, like, uh, they were having like emotional support uh, cockatoos and stuff. Yeah, the, like those people, they should be hauled away and jailed. Isn't it? I mean, is by that definition everything kind of emotional support? Like. My backpack is an emotional support something. I mean, it could be. We live in a really strange world these days. Anything could probably be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what a story, though. Just absolutely incredible. And Texas probably going to go up to Iowa State and get beat this weekend. And they're going to be four and five, which is just like the, the cherry on top. It's, it, it's still just a very mediocre football program. That's all they are. Over the last three weeks, I've, it's just been, it's 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 almost like everything has come crashing down since uh, OU Texas, and it really has. I know they had the bye week fit in, but it's like they are the same old, same old mediocre football program. I've you know, watched, story- I've watched, so we've watched all the teams in the Big Twelve, besides the best ones. We've seen Oklahoma week in, week out. We haven't seen Baylor. We haven't seen Oklahoma State. We haven't seen Iowa State. Texas has the worst offensive line of any team I've seen this year. Like, Nebraska's is a lot better than theirs. Their line is just terrible. They can't, they can't protect anything. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better, despite their good recruiting elsewhere. It's still, offense, defensive line is not, where it needs to be if it, they're going to finally start making some sort of strides. Sorry, I'm getting business text that I'm having to deal with. Um, so, anyway, uh, championship November coming up. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, going to Baylor is really... because I mean, let's face it. We've seen this team each and every week. The Tech game, big win. Glad to see our guy Isaiah Thomas have such a big game. Uh, I did ask him if he felt screwed over not getting Big 12 Player of the Week. Uh, and he said he kind of understood it because the... Uh, I can't even pr- pronounce the guy's name at Kansas State. He is the He has been, for the most part, the leader in sacks and tackles for losses in the Big 12 that this year. That guy is having a... He's easy, but he had four sacks. <laughs> yeah, four sacks in that game um, over the weekend. So he was like, well, I just wish it could have been maybe an or situation, like we co a co defensive player of the week situation. But I mean, that being said, who is this Oklahoma team? We still don't really know. I mean, they did, you know, obviously getting Jalen Redman and Larry Turner yell uh, and. Uh, DJ Graham DJ back Graham. is huge. Now, I was shocked as shit at how well Key Lawrence played at corner. Like, that's the, that's the first time in a very long time where I thought that something was going to be go horribly wrong, uh, and it went in the exact opposite direction. Like, could not have worked out better for Oklahoma. 
Yeah, because I mean, we just saw when they made the move with Billy Bowman, and it's like, well, that didn't really work out. Now you're trying it again. It's like that. Really, this is where you think he should be. You know, he's someone that could be the nickel or a safety position just fine, but you're pigeonholing them, saying this is where you're going. But it worked out. The very first play, they attacked him, and when he made that play, it's like, oh, all right, maybe it's a little different. Maybe his confidence, his his ability, he's ready for this type of moment. It doesn't seem like Key Lawrence is somebody that is very short on confidence. He just kind of, the way he presents himself the way that he plays emotionally it doesn't seem like he is uh looking for any type of confidence no that's exactly what isaiah said about him uh is that he's one of the most confident guys he's been around Uh, which is good you need those guys in the secondary like that's exactly what the kind of guy you need well let's face it in the secondary you need a guy that makes plays because justin Broyles is very confident and that hasn't exactly made him a great player that's a good point um, it just goes bad. It's like if anything else, like you can't be out there uh, waving your arms back and forth because the pass was overthrown by 20 yards like you did something to break it up. Um, I mean, Buki had the same problem. He's super confident. Yep. Wasn't always a playmaker and sometimes got taken advantage of. Let me retract my statement then. <laughs> Well, they're irrational. Here's the thing. Key Lawrence. Key Lawrence Lawrence has a 40-inch vertical leap, and he runs a 4-4. So he can have confidence. Those are the guys that you want to have confidence. If you run a 4-8-40 and you have confidence, that's a bad mix. Yeah, not great. But I, I was just shocked to just seeing him running with players. Like sure. I was like, "Damn, he mm-hmm. can he can keep up with anybody that's out there." And the fact that I don't think anybody else on that defense could have played the Ezekame guy as well as he did because he's physical. A, I mean, he got yeah. up in people, and it was one of those things. Like, even if the receiver made the catch. The play wasn't over for him, which is what impressed me the most. Because we haven't seen very much of that. Like, there were a couple of occasions, and I think the first play of the game that was exactly that. Like, that against 100% of the rest of the roster would have ended up a catch, but he knocked the ball out before he could complete the catch. And it was almost he like did it a, later uh, in the game, too. I know too. you're going to be coming after me all game. It wasn't a sigh of relief. It was, give me more. No, it was definitely... If, if that makes sense. We've mm-hmm. seen this yep. way too much. It's the water boy uh, kicker at the end of the game of the uh, bourbon bowl. He's like, who's my bitch? Who's my bitch? Right. Oh, there he is. Right. And that's well, that's how they looked at Key Lawrence. And he, they continued to go after him. And he continued to prove he was not their bitch. I know we talked to uh, Dell and Turner Yell this week about it, but it is kind of like... I don't know. I guess I was just one of those people, and especially going into the Tech game, that didn't really know, like, how much better can this defense be if they get DTY back on the back end, if they get Jalen Redman back? Like, what are the the actual steps this thing can make? And it was true. It looked like a, it just looked like a better product out there. And I, you know, how much of that was Tech? Probably a little bit. It was a good kind of a precursor to get in and kind of get the flow of things for some of those guys before they do reach the back end of the schedule. But I was, I don't know. I guess I was pleasantly surprised to just see how big of a difference it helped having those guys back. And, you know, by the way, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I've heard that uh, I've heard Woody Washington is practicing in pads now. And Billy that's Bowman, where I wonder where key Lawrence goes after I, that. I heard Billy Bowman's playing a lot of safety at practice this week. Like if, if you go Woody and DJ at corner, do you, is Broyles out? And Lawrence is in. It's a great question. I mean, or I do you. I think rotating corners. You know, I think because this is championship November, um, everybody's going to. I mean, like Justin Broyles, he's either going to sink or swim these next three games or next game. Like you're going to find out pretty quick if he can if he can handle this. Can he handle making this a college football playoff defense? But you would just you would just hope if he can't changes will be made and they won't try to keep doing the same things over and over again. 
Like right. even even Alex said it after the game. I think it was after the game. It's like it. it this is you know paraphrasing, but it's basically it. You got to either put up or shut up. Now there you're you've run out of you know oh that's that's my fault. We'll fix it next time. There could be no next time if you lose, and especially in the in the grand scheme of things, if you lose a game right now, you're not playing for a national championship. You might still play play for a Big Twelve championship, but you know the way that everybody's talked and the way that the season has unfolded. Those aren't the expectations this year. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not ready. I mean, I, first rankings out. I'm not ready to say that. Oh, you can't get there with a loss. Still, we just I have to see what else happens. Add, sure. They, I mean, if it would, plays out perfectly, then yeah, it's going to be tough for him. But right, it's the first week. If you watch, no, I mean, if you watch the show, the Eddie, maybe you would understand that. I'm not watching their goddamn show. I. <laughs> Is that how Nick I just, would say it? Saban would say it? I, I think they're setting up Bama and Georgia both being in, though. That could be an issue. Not for OU, just, just in terms of the number of spots that are going to be. Sure. But that's what failed. I'm saying. I don't know if Alabama is going gonna, is gonna to make it. I think they could trip up somewhere still. Well, you know the... <laughs> I mean, if it's not, it's not. They the final score looked really good against Tennessee, but Tennessee played them close for most of that game too. Yep. You know what's kind of crazy about uh, Alabama, and I'm just looking at they play at Auburn. That's basically their only losable game from here on out because they play uh, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Auburn. You know who isn't Auburn? Know? Alabama always just in Birmingham though. No, I don't think the, so. No. The Iron Bowl mm-hmm. home and home. Okay, I don't think so. The, yeah, kick six was in Auburn. That's uh, right. The you know who they play this weekend? You know Alabama plays this weekend. Is it is it their shit game? Because the SEC no, they, always has those LSU. Oh <laughs> yeah, LSU. LSU. That's right. Yeah. Remember when Alabama LSU used to be a game that like, I mean everybody would circle. It's like I, I want to watch Prime that time. Alabama is a twenty and a twenty eight and a half point favorite this weekend, which is just like. It's almost insane. Well, it's not just the it's not just the LSU has a dead coach walking. It's that they've lost so many players. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, they've half been their decimated. Is basically thirteen. Well, now they lost all their receivers. So I mean, they just don't it's have crazy. anybody. I don't know. I don't know if I'm as down on on Alabama uh, as maybe you are. I still think that they're pretty damn good, uh, but I. I think you're right. They're not nearly as dominant as they've been in the past. Yeah, it's just weird that they're, that they're not as good on defense and that it seems like other teams have as good athletes as they do offensively as they do defensively. So, I don't know. I mean, they they've get they've given they've had a lot of busts in their secondary and things. Yeah. For them. So Maybe Buki will do uh OU a solid and knock right? off uh, Oregon go. this week. I turned over for one play in that game when I got home Saturday night after we did the post-game pod carry, and Buki intercepts a Stanford pass, which, by the way, <laughs> the great David Shaw, they're 3-6 and six right now. Yeah. Most overrated like, coach in the country. That's why like Oregon could be in trouble. That loss to Stanford, that's another one that looked worse and worse with every week. Well, it's not like they, you know, they barely held on with UCLA last weekend. I watched a lot of that game. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like everything else. Like, I don't know if Ohio State is a dominant team. I don't know if I don't think Oregon is a dominant team. I mean, Ohio State has dominated teams, but it's kind of like I think we've all agreed that like I just don't know how good any of these Big Ten teams are. Yeah, and people think that they're awesome. I so I I truly don't know. Ohio State goes to Lincoln this weekend. It's going to be a disgusting 78 degrees in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's just unbelievable. First week in November. I'm just, I mean, like, I'm, I'm what's, I not watching protests. What's crazy is, is like, nobody's going back, but like the Big 12 looks as good as just about any other league right now, at least until Baylor and Iowa State get more losses. If Iowa State just could have won in Morgantown, there would I think there would be a little bit more respect factor there. Yeah, that was a bad loss oh, for yeah. the conference. I just the Iowa State thing. Like, I would love to sit down and talk to like a group of Iowa State fans because the 
amount of frustration slash just disappoint, just outright disappointment from what that group has been this year to lose three games in kind of the fashion that they did with, you know, just kind of inexplicable mistakes, turnovers, special teams, errors. I don't know. It just like, you almost just kind of wonder, like, is there something going on within the locker room up there? Or maybe they're just, maybe they're just not very good. Like, not, I don't want to say very good. Maybe it's just like a bunch of overachievers that have kind of met reality. I mean, I think that's part of it. I think if you're not, if you don't have dominant athletes all over the field, your error for your margin of error, it, it shrinks. Just like, oh, you can. I mean, how many of these close games has OU won just because they've recruited better than most teams, way better than most of the teams that they played? It's a big part. I mean, it's just like, you know, OU has the one of the best kickers in the nation. That pays off for him. Luke Rose, the semifinalist, Gabe Burkich. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that. He, he, I mean, you have to put the 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 claim on. I mean, he he should stake the claim. He is the best kicker in the history of Oklahoma football. He just is. There's no one even close. Hmm. Mm, I mean, Garrett Hartley was pretty goddamn good. Garrett Hartley, go look at his career long. Like numbers-wise? Right. That's what I'm like. Who? Maybe I'm just thinking In of the 20 like, years I've followed. And like, Garrett he, Hartley he had a down year. I mean, he had he was kind of like, he he was not great, I think, in his final year. And I was surprised that he made it on with the Saints. And then, you know, he was a decent I NFL hit. kicker. Yeah, maybe I'm... I think that you're right. And I would just be arguing just to argue the other side of it. <laughs> but... I still like, and maybe this is just like the, you know, quote unquote college kickers uh, or hashtag college kickers. I don't know if I would just feel incredible. Like, I think he would make it if they needed to make a game winner, but I don't know if I would just have complete confidence that Burkich would. Yeah, but you would have confidence that he would make a, a 50 yarder. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, no, you wouldn't no have that confidence like, with, you would have that confidence with almost zero other kickers that you've ever seen in your lifetime. I think I would 100% agree with the statement. He has the strongest leg of any kicker. But that's what makes a kicker a kicker. And he's accurate. I mean, he's Mm, accurate with that leg. Does Justin Tucker just have like the most incredible leg of all time? Or is he just the most incredibly accurate kicker? Same with, uh, same with uh, Vinatieri. I mean, Eddie, I can't I believe I'm, I'm having I'm just, to talk to you about this. They have, they have, they have a long drive championship, and then they have a PGA championship for a reason. And I respect the PGA champion a lot more than I do uh, uh, Kyle Burkage. But you're, I mean, I'm saying Gabe Burkage is not in the long drive championship class. He is in the PGA class. <laughs> you're making it out like he's a lot, a long drive champion, and that's all he is. Sure. No, I, I get you. He did have that miss, that bad miss against Texas that would have won the game last year. That's the worst thing he's ever done in his career. Hell, that would have been the least, that would have been like highlight number three for Jimmy Stevens of his career. I mean, like, my God, that guy could barely kick a 27-yard field goal. I mean, he's going to win the Groza, right? That's what I was wondering. Like, who, who else is out there? Well, I mean, I got to think if there had, I'm going to have to go to NCAA stats, but I mean, how many 50 yard kicks have been made this year by kickers in college? There's 16 guys that are uh, semifinalists, by the way, or 30 guys, excuse me. No, 30th award. 16 guys that are semifinalists. Yeah, semifinals does uh, not exactly um, mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. That just means we decide to pair. 20 guys, excuse me. That just means we got to. We decided to pair it until it says finalist and they're like three guys. Sure. I well, mean, that's all we're I'm nine about. weeks I, into I the season. About the so. Heisman Trophy. That's a fraud of a trophy. <laughs> I'm more of a. Uh, that OU's just one. I'm more, more of a Lou Groza guy. <sighs> By the way, I know they haven't won more Heismans than anyone, so don't come at me. All right. You can't you can't mess around on the pod. You can't fidget. With, like we do that all the time. We fidget with stats and then people come after us. 
Of or course, they then come we after me for not getting it right. Yeah, yeah. you got to be on your p's and q's, Bob. It's I like I didn't even notice. Director. I didn't even notice that Josh had said last week that Trace Ford was still playing because I definitely yeah, would have said something. I did. <laughs> Look, even though he's your boss, you can yell at him on the pod. That's the rule. <laughs> Especially like, if he gets it wrong. I didn't hear it. I, that, this is just, I'm just finding out. I was like, what are you thinking of Colin Oliver? Because it's this Santa Fe, the same position, but Trace Ford's hurt for the year. Um, see, the only categories they have are field goal percentage and field goals per game. I mean, he's five for six from 50 plus. So I, there, there's no possible way that there's somebody that has made more than five. You say that. Is there? I mean, there's all there's a bunch of shitty offenses out there. I I know that. Well, I'm just gonna look up here. I'm gonna look up. Well hell. Um field goal percentage and just see. Nah, it just has attempts, games, percentages. I mean, just on field goal percentage. He's 27th in the country. Yeah, because he's missed a couple. He's 17 of 20. Mm-hmm. None of the misses felt like they stung like in a ter- in a like terrible way, but yeah, he's, he's missed a couple. Casey Leg, what a name, from West Virginia, has made 14 of 15. Like, that's it. Okay. Uh, Jake Moody from Michigan has made 18 of 80 field goals, or 18 of 20 field goals. That's the most m- attempts besides Burkett's that I see. Well, no. Uh, Colorado State's kicker is 22 of 27. <laughs> God, Colorado State. That and would be an awful football he, team to watch if you're kicking you 27 field goals. He shouldn't be able to qualify. He's kicking in thin air. It's like the uh, Coors Field effect. Uh, Mason Crosby Ooh. is still in the NFL. Okay, so here, here's a, here's an interesting uh, point. Like Jake Moody from Michigan that's kicked 20 attempts. He hasn't made a kick over 50 yards this year. Wow. Uh, Casey oh, no, Lake, Casey Lake me, might funny, have had a 51-yarder against OU, I think, didn't He's he? He's made a 52-yarder. That's my fault. I was looking at punting. But I mean, what a just a riveting portion of the pod for everybody. Yeah, right I mean, now. it's what's a bye week. So you want me to make something up? You want me to tell you that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Alex Grinch is taking Lincoln Riley with him to Lubbock. We'll talk about that. I wonder, like that's the thing. Okay, so other coaching stuff, like there's some talk that Sonny Dykes is going to get the TCU job, mm-hmm. um, right? And that Garrett Riley might become the next head coach at SMU. But even if Dykes took that TCU job, I wonder if Riley, Garrett Riley, could use that opportunity to get a Power 5 offensive coordinator position. Like, outside, have, not, not outside of TCU, like a big school, like a, sure. like a blue blood I mean, or something. It's hard, not, it's hard to overlook what he's done with that offense this year. They've been extremely good. My God, I mean, he's better coached than Lincoln Riley is because Tanner Mordecai is a star. Ooh, little Sooner that's the hot take. Soonerscoop.com's Carrie Murdoch says, All right, that's going to get Garrett tweeted Riley out, and Le- Lincoln Riley's going to get tagged. Lincoln. And I'm going to get fired by my radio station. Uh, awkward, Carrie awkward Mur- pause. Well, I was going <laughs> to. Uh, if I was running a TMZ site, I would say. No, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> Do I have permission to say it? I don't, don't know what know you're going to say. <laughs> no, don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. Uh, whatever. It is. Let's just get away from this topic as fast as we possibly can and move on. Um, we need to because I feel like I'm going to say it. I, I, go, go, go. I'm going to say yeah. it. You know, I do have ultimate veto power. So. Oh, that is true. Yeah. If I was running a TMZ site, I would just say Garrett Riley. And then in, like, dash, brother of dickhead coach, dash, better having better season. Uh, I don't think I added the head. Oh, dick. This is true. Yeah. Oh, well, then then I misquoted. I added that. You you and forgot the, 
the psycho part. Oh yeah. Well, I think psycho we'll dick was probably that what would have been the, accurate. Yeah, that yeah. would be in the TMZS caption underneath the photo. All right. Now we're moving on. Okay. I think I'm, I think I can survive that. I think I'll leave it in. By the way, uh, I'll be the one that's not. I know he listens, and we often piss him off. Uh, I, I'll give some kudos to uh, Jason Kersey on his uh, Caleb Williams article, Daily Athletic. Go, go check that out. Yeah, it was really good. No we'll word on if Shane Shane Beamer. No word on if FanDuel is willing to buy that article or not. DraftKings might try and get it from him. There's a four to one chance. Isn't that how FanDuel would want to? The over, which one do you do the overs on? I, I think know. DraftKings. I, I'm not on that VPN, so I don't know. Uh, by the way, um, Dead Soxy, want to remind you guys, great sponsor of the pod. Uh, they've got their uh, new collection out, the OU collection, and it has been cold the last couple of days, so... Uh, getting away from the no-shows is a good idea. And if you've seen on their website, deadsoxy.com, the new collection, uh, we want to give you a chance to get even a better discount, a better deal on those socks. Just use the promo code BOOMER, and you'll get 20% off your your order, even the brand-new collections. Um, and uh, just it doesn't have to be college. If you want to check out some other stuff for work, Um you know, they got, they got a ton of great designs and stuff, uh, but just fantastic socks, you know, just kind of like putting pillows on your feet. Um, I will definitely be wearing those to the wedding this weekend um, because I haven't worn nice shoes in a while. I had to go back and I was doing, uh, I was wearing some just regular socks because the, uh, all of my dead socks were in the wash and yeah. I can't tell you how bad my back hurts because I had to cup, I had to continue uh bending over to pull my socks back up it's been a pain in my ass is what it's been yeah the uh my, the padded my beaded, my, silicone my beads are back. fantastic for that yeah they keep that'll be the nice thing too is like when you when i sit down and uh i actually am wearing the the suit pants that are finely tailored because you know they always come up so high mm-hmm. when you sit down i won't have to worry about if my socks are around my ankles yeah That'll be nice. It was a little bit of a problem. So this go check them out. Deadsoxy.com. Uh, promo code Boomer, and you can get 20% off. All right. Uh, I know we had a basketball exhibition game, and Josh is not here, and apparently he needs to get a new router, he's told us. Um, so <sighs> that was the problem. Uh, and uh, you guys, though, you got to see the new and improved uh, Porter Moser Oklahoma Sooners. Out. What, were, what were your first impressions, Bob? I want to ask Eddie first about what Porter was like, because he actually can see him and what Porter's doing. I'm still in the middle of nowhere, so I don't really know what Porter's mannerisms are like. During, oh, I think during that's a game. shot. Intense. I, I, I think that's probably the first way to uh, say it, kind of what we saw during the uh, open portion of that practice that we were able to go to, Bob. I heard him uh, drop a bullshit, and it was kind of ero- uh, erotic at, to, to a certain extent. You would have seen my mouth gaping, but I had a mask on. I didn't want to spread any COVID while I was there either. Uh, but I thought it was uh, – he's intense, man. I, I think that he what you see is kind of what you get. The way that he coaches, uh, the way that that team plays, uh, you know, particularly on the defensive end, is a little bit of a product of uh, kind of the way that he engineers that team. And I don't know. I mean, Roger State's not very good, obviously. Uh, what are they? NAIA Division II? Uh, but – Yes. I – I think that they have they have some nice pieces. I just don't know how that stacks up against everybody else. The Big 12 is going to be so good this year, right. uh, particularly the top portion of it. Uh, you know, I they have some some nice pieces. They have guys that have uh, you know obviously played a little bit of uh, Division One college basketball. It's just going to be how this whole thing comes together. I, you know, it's it's kind of like you said, Bob. I don't know if I can believe that they're going to be able to shoot the ball like they did. Uh, last Tuesday, but at this or uh, last Monday, but at the same time, I do think that like future wise, I can't wait to see what a Jacob Groves turns into mm-hmm. uh, one day. I think he could end up being a really strong player for them. Uh, you know, I I thought that the freshman played pretty well. Uh, C.J. Noland is like he is an outside linebacker waiting to happen. Uh, 
He kind of reminds yeah. me of somebody. I can't put my finger on it, though, of like who he reminds me of. I, I, I compared him to uh, P.J. Tucker. I could see that. I think P.J. Tucker's probably a little bit taller, but like thick-wise, yeah. he mm-hmm. definitely has that body style. And I know they'll expect Nolan to score a lot more than P.J.'s ever asked to do. Yeah. Yeah, not necessarily the defensive stopper, I guess. But yeah, when when you look at Monday, you know, it was the ball movement that stood out to me. And I know they they won't get 25 assists per game when they start playing better teams. But if they make the extra pass and they have the spacing that goes along with it, it's going to, you know, I don't expect Jacob Groves and Mo Gibson to never miss a three either. But their shots are going to be a lot easier because of the way if they run that offense the way that they did Monday. That's what impressed me the most. I actually was a little, not like disappointed, but the defensive intensity wasn't what I expected. And so when Porter gave Roger State credit for kind of flustering them and running them down in the, fir- in the second part of the first half, it gave them at least something to really work on the rest of this week for sure. Sure. How much? It, it, how much did you get to see really out of Bijan Cortez? Well, you know he he's been hurt. Like the last the open practices that we attended, he had an ankle injury because he tried to dunk on someone in practice and he landed wrong. So it was to me it was a little bit shocking that he was out there. But I like I've always liked what he brings to the table. I think people underestimate him time and time again. I think he's a point guard. Didn't really play that role Monday. I don't know if that means anything in the long run, but there's no one that really stood out as like, that's a red shirt guy. There's no yeah. way he's going to play. And that's actually going to be one of my questions for, for Porter when we get to do the zoom on Monday. It's like Austin Mason, BJ, like, do you see anyone that you just know right off the bat? They need at least another year. You can tell that uh, Bijan particularly has played at a high level of basketball. He just has a good feel for the game. I do think he's going to need to get a little bit stronger, but, you know, what freshman doesn't? And just overall, the Groves brothers? I mean, I, I, awesome. I think we... Aesthetically, they are perfect people. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your photo uh, right at the Tanner. beginning. Yes. I it was mean, just like, it just you can tell gracious. that just Tanner just standing out there made Eddie happy. Yeah, 100%. And that's what was weird because Tanner didn't do much Monday. And that's, you know, Porter even brought that up. Like Tanner's been our most consistent scorer throughout all our scrimmages and practices. And with the way we we're shooting perimeters, like, well, sorry, Tanner, you're not going to get to do much. I mean, Jacob Groves went six for six from three. You could, couldn't imagine a better first impression. And you just hope it carries over to Tuesday and Friday. Jacob Groves looks like he he just grew up staring at Steph Curry's photo. Like he's he kind of it's like when you have a dog and you start to look like him. He kind of has a like. I'm a, not following in there. What do you mean? You just I don't know. I'm just looking at his photo on. I'm looking at his mug shot on Sooner on Sooner Sports right now. He's a lot taller than I think that you would imagine. Yes, he's I mean six nine six is legit nine. tall. Yeah, I mean. Yep. And I know he mentioned working on his strength. I, I don't see that apparent just yet, but that's what's going to be interesting. Like when he gets banged around in conference play, will he still have the legs to make those type of shots? Mm-hmm. Any anything about uh, any other bigs that stood out to you? Doesn't it seem like they feel like Frank Asanza can be good, but it seems like they ride him pretty hard. Like it's yeah. Like, they continually want more from him. And it's like, he, he doesn't realize how good he could be one day. Yeah. With Rick Asanda, he's just someone, you know, that the first month of Porter Moser felt like Asanda would be out the door. In fact, we know he entered the portal and then decided to come back. So he fought hard to get back in the good graces. And it just seems like when he thinks he's done his best Porter and staff know there's another level. He needs to mentally understand he can get there. And it was nice to actually see him out there. I, I wasn't sure if he if, if he was going to play in the scrimmage, but you need you know, someone with that size. If you can just put pieces together, just spurts, sure. you know, four or five minute spurts here or there, it would go a long way to you know just seeing how 
quickly this team can come together. Again, that's like we said, that's been a thing all of college basketball was this one time free transfer. The first year we're really seeing it in place. How quickly do these power five teams need to really figure out how they're going to gel and become a unit? Uh, Bob, was there anything that we should read into about Marvin Johnson's absence? I think so. It's he wasn't at the banquet last Thursday night either. And now he's not at the scrimmage. I've had a couple people say it might not be looking good. Not like they kicked off the team, but that man, for whatever reason, things just haven't been clicking a hundred percent that even after the issues he had in the summer and he had to get, you know, fight back to become part of the team once again. And he did. It's still a roller coaster ride where everything isn't where you thought it would be for someone who's a grad transfer, who's been through it all that would realize this is like Ethan Shagwa is the opposite. He's someone who's realized this is one year. He's a local kid from union. He's going to make everything he possibly can of it. That light bulb hasn't gone on yet for Marvin Johnson. Bob, I know you got to get out of here. Um, so uh, we can let you go. But uh, maybe he just did. Oh, I, I, I'm still here. I, I am waving. You can't see me waving, but I, I am waving. That doesn't tell me anything. Are you waving goodbye? <laughs> I'm waving goodbye. Okay, yes. there we go. That tells me more. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Bob. Appreciate it. Weekend. Have a great weekend. Appreciate- Enjoy the, All right, guys. Appreciate uh, the bye it. week. Uh, you deserve it after nine straight weeks. It's been... I always hate saying that, Eddie, because it's like we're not playing... But people don't understand the grind of going through I a season. I, I, it's like we talked about during the postgame podcast. I think that like the way that everything ended and you go into the bye week, it's like everybody needed it. The players needed it. The coaches needed it. The fans needed it. The media needed it. I think everybody needs like just that. And it's not even like a, a recuperation. It's just like a, you don't have to necessarily worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, just knowing that I can wake up on Saturday whenever the hell I want feels great. Yeah, I mean. And then, and you know what? It's going to, in a way, I think just, it, it's it's weird how, like, the human mind works because I feel like it's going to be a, uh, like, almost energizing. Like, because then you, you come back on Sunday or Monday or whenever, you know, next week starts, and it's like, all right, like, this is a massive game week. And then you go into Iowa State. It's a massive game week. Like each week is kind of its own little the build up. product, if yeah. you will. Well, and it's for me, it works like this. Like I always love it when the bye week gets here, and you always like, oh god, I can't wait till the bye week. I don't have to do this shit again this weekend. Uh, and then the bye week gets here, and then you sit around and you watch football from morning to to noon to night. And after it's over, you're like, man, that's I don't I couldn't do this every weekend. I need to get back to you know, covering games again. Yeah. It's like you miss it. Like you not necessarily get sick of it. I don't want to put it that way because I don't think that's the case, but it's like you miss the grind of that Saturday or, or whatever that is, you know? Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't enjoy just sitting on a couch all day and just being and just vegging out. It's like, it just, it makes you feel like you've done nothing with your life. Oh, I'm going to definitely get, I'm going to step out in the city, I believe, this week. Very nice. Going to speak to the Panthers tonight. Are you really? Yeah. Team dinner. What are you going to say? Is this going to be like a comedy skit? I hope not. No, I mean, (laughs) I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I think I'm going to have to decide that over the next four hours. Man, that's a lot of pressure. I know. Should I? I I'm, I'm debating if I need to wear my letter jacket in. Oh, we had to convince my mom to finally throw our letter jackets out. What do you mean throw them out? The okay. So in the '90s, they made le- le- leather le- letter jackets with some kind of substance. That's it's like you heard the stories, you know, like when people get their sneakers out. And they've, mm-hmm. like, disintegrated. Kind of, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And so it's some type of, like, I don't, I want to say that it's almost like they're radioactive. Like, they just started, like, the jackets, the the pleather or whatever it was just started leaking. 
Really? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Did they keep them inside or were they like up in an attic? No, inside, like in a in a closet, in a spare closet. No kidding. Upstairs. And it just like is gone now. Well, she someone told her to put like Vaseline on them. And so she did that. And they just had their own little corner. Uh and so they never completely melted, but they're not in the greatest of shape. And we just finally had to tell her, like, Mom, you've been You've been, it was like they were on life support. Yeah. So we were just like, look, just we're signing go, the do not resuscitate right. order right now. Just, you have to let them go. Like, do you want me to start a GoFundMe and get you another uh, <laughs> Duncan Demon letter jacket? Do, like, do, do we need to get, do we need, I, I don't know if we need a GoFundMe, but do we just need to see if Duncan will reissue my brother and I's letter jackets? I, I think we need to make a call over to the uh, former athletic village. That's where I got mine back in the day. Oh, man. I don't even know. Do they still do letter jackets nowadays? I don't know. That's a good question. That's sad. I don't know if they do or not. I do think they still they do, do but... all state jackets? I'm sure they do. I have no idea. I mean, I don't think that they do boys state anymore. It's probably them at state all. Now. huh? I have no idea. Hmm. It's probably they state. Can't say boys. Oh, God. Didn't realize we were going there. They, them, state. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be able to just kind of take it easy this weekend outside, you know, of going to a wedding. Um, sure. But you don't have to play a road game for that. No, no, that's good. Yeah. Unless you consider Golds be the road. That won't be too bad. Some stop in uh, fancy barn. At, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, what's the uh, restaurant down there in Goldsby? I only know the Noble restaurants. Not Kendall's. Uh, Libby's. Is that a place? Okay. Yeah, it's like a um, kind of a home fry type. Hmm. Good old-fashioned dinner. That's all right. We'll see if I'm Ubering home or not, I guess. Depends on how it goes. There you go. How open the bar is. Sure. So. All right, man. Uh, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I'm sure that you will. We'll do. I will not. Oh, I'm going uh, to. I will 100%. not bother you. I will not uh, hound you with requests for anything. I think we're good. I think we're good. I, mean, I can't wait to uh, check out the uh, new Isaiah Thomas episode coming up this week. I can't wait to get it up. And that means I can't wait to work on it for another five hours, probably. <laughs> so. No, but appreciate everybody listening as always. Uh, thanks to Dead Soxy. Sorry about the Josh situation. Uh, hopefully he'll have a new router uh, and be uh, be able to talk to the world again next week. So, uh, But that was the situation. We, we His connection was just terrible, and we knew that you guys would not want to listen to that for an entire hour or more. Uh, so uh, he just kind of took this one off, and he'll be back. But uh, everything else is good. Uh, appreciate Bob. Appreciate Eddie. And appreciate you guys listening. Until next time. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.